Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. This is episode number 33 and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm, as usual, very, very, very excited to have you guys with me today. So firstly, if you are a new listener tuning in for the first time, then I want to suggest and recommend to you that you go and subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Secondly, I just want to invite you to our free Facebook community, which is called The Hive Mind. It's where we connect. It's where we continue our discussions. It's where the learning continues and it's where we grow and expand our human potential. It's where we get a little bit better and it's where we really attempt to take things a little bit further and discuss topics that are or, or things that are not, dis- not discussed during these episodes. So I'm going to invite you to that so you can just follow the link on my website, which is the community link at exploringpossibility.co.za or just go to Facebook and just search The Hive Mind and you'll find our group there. So today we're going to continue to explore people and ideas or specifically a person that really inspires me, a person that thinks totally different from your normal average Joe and just someone who I feel empowers and impacts um, his community. So as we go on this journey today, we're going to learn from someone who's who's really in the game of future thinking. He's got this, this unlimited fascination with the future and he's basically seen himself become Africa's first faculty member at the Singularity University in San Francisco. He's also a lecturer at Duke Corporate Education in Johannesburg and then also a partner associate at the Copenhagen Institute of Future Studies in Denmark. Today's guest is none other than John Sane. He's also a best-selling author. He's, um, like I said, the Singularity University faculty member, and he's also just a global speaker and trend specialist. So myself and John got into a few interesting topics today, and one was the, the idea of the quantum world and what it means. Oh, I'm so curious about what this thing, you know, quantum world means and how we can use it or how we can understand it and apply it in our own lives. Second, we just dove a little bit into how we become exponential thinkers and how we can balance future thinking so that we're not just drawn into the future, but then harm, you know, the, the present in a way. So we, we discussed how we can prepare for the future and then obviously get into that stronger and being able to manage that a little bit better. There were so many key insights during this episode and John within this episode also challenged me live like in the episode and that was quite special that was quite awesome i love people who who step up who's you know authentic say what they need to say even if they disagree or they just help you on the spot i really appreciated that and i respect that from him so yeah i hope that you guys enjoy this episode i'm really really committed to helping you achieve your goals like i'm committed to your development i want you to think about you know your your mindset and how you can improve it just listening to this episode and then acting on the steps that John gives us within this episode. 
So those were the few pointers that you can look out for within this episode. And then also just as you, as you listen to this episode, I just, I just want you to keep in mind about how you are thinking about the future. Are you prepared for the future? Are you thinking in such a way that you are empowered and that you are sort of like future ready for what's about to happen, especially during this lockdown period, especially during this coronavirus pandemic that we all are facing? How are you thinking this time? And then second of all, and last of all, how are you living? Are you living exponentially to get you from point A to point B? Like how, how does that look for you? Think about those two questions as you go throughout this episode. And I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys learn a lot. And I hope you guys feel the growth just within this episode. Enjoy. Hi there, guys, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I just love chatting about things that stretch possibilities. I love thinking about the future. I love to think about what it holds and how we can also create the future in advance. I love about talking about things like 10x thinking and just thinking beyond your current circumstance. And for today, I thought I'm going to bring in someone special. His name is John Sanai, and he's going to come and talk to us. Welcome, John. Thank you for being here. Thank you for just uh, putting out the time to just sit and talk to the community of the Possibilitarians. Thank you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. Well, and hello, Possibilitarians. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's nice That's to be chatting uh, to you all. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's one that I took from Robin Sharma. He al- he always talks about the the possibilitarian sort of model, the, the way of thinking. Nice. But a lot nice. of this is based upon. So, yeah. Before we jump in, I'd love to talk about the Zoom liberty, <laughs> or yes. seems to be Zoom liberty, right? So, for those <laughs> yeah, that don't know yeah. who you are, let, tell, just tell us a little bit more about who John is. I am a human being fascinated with uh, human psychology neuroscience, futurism, and business strategy. And I constantly research these four topics. I combine them in my keynotes, my lectures, and my books. And I'm constantly sharing on social media around these four topics, trying to get people to understand that the difference between them living a life of incredible abundance and a life that is victimized is based on one word, responsibility. And if you're able to take the responsibility for your own shit and responsibility for you to take on this mammoth task that you do actually create your reality, which is a huge courageous step to take. And once you do, the future looks rosy, looks expansive, looks awesome rather than being daunting uh, and, and really scary. So I lecture at uh, two different universities around the world, one in San Francisco and one in Johannesburg. I'm an associate partner of the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies in Denmark. And so I work with many different bodies around the world, uh, tracking societal shifts, human consciousness shifts, as well as technology shifts and how the future is forming and being shaped by our perspective and our drive. Yeah, some big words there, some big titles. I love it. I love the way that you think and I love the things that you explore, hence why we have you on the show today. And I also know that you are the first African to have joined as a Singularity University faculty member. Could you just briefly tell us like, how that happened and how you got there? I've always been watching Singularity University as a fanboy. Peter Diamandis <laughs> is, uh, if I was a 16-year-old girl, he is Justin Bieber for me. And uh, <laughs> so Peter Diamandis has always been the sort of poster boy of the future for me. And I watched him and watched him and watched him and never dreamt that I'd meet him and never dreamt that I'd share a stage with him and never dreamt that I'd become a faculty member. But I took a leap of faith uh, about three years ago and uh, applied to go and be part of the executive program at Singularity University in San Francisco. 
thousands of people apply and only a hundred people get chosen. And um, I got hold of somebody in South Africa that had been there to tell them that I was coming and if they could please let me into the course. And so out of the thousands and thousands of applications, I got chosen as one of the hundred. Um, and then I got an invoice for 350,000 Rand straight after that for a five-day course. <laughs> and uh, at that stage, about three or four years ago, I didn't have that money. Um, but I made the commitment that I was going to go and do that. So I did. And um, before I went, which was around October 2017, I think, in about July, I went to the first Singularity Summit in South Africa, which was brought over by the Mann Brothers. And I was in the audience. And I was watching the speakers and I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting golden harps and angels to come down with the speakers when they came and spoke. But the speakers were good. They weren't unbelievable. They were good and they gave mm. us some really good insights. But I realized that I could be one of them. And I took my phone out. I messaged my personal assistant at the time, Louise, and I said to her, look, why don't you set up an interview for me while I'm at the executive program in San Francisco for me to become a faculty member? So she went about doing that and they checked out my book. I only had one book at that stage. They checked out my stuff online. They said, John seems like a great fit. Would love to interview him on Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning when he's here for the faculty uh, executive program. I said, great. I'm ready for the interview Wednesday morning. The Friday before I leave, I get asked to do a talk at Autodesk in South Africa. I do a talk for Autodesk in South Africa. It does really well. Straight from the talk, I go to the airport. I catch a flight to San Francisco. I land uh, Sunday. We begin talks and uh, the discussions. Monday morning, we get taken to a select few of us get taken to the donut shop that Steve Jobs used to design these Apple products which is right next to the Apple campus. Wow. And uh, so we're in there and we're being toured by a guy called Jonathan Knowles. And um, I don't know who Jonathan Knowles is. He's just part of Singularity University. So he gives us an hour tour of this donut shop. I do a lot of Q&A with him. There's about 15 of us, but I'm leading the questions because I'm so enthusiastic about the topic. When we leave, I make a video and uh, I say, friends in South Africa, look, I'm at the coffee shop that Steve Jobs used to design Apple products. There's his office. I'm with a guy called Jonathan Knowles. And I start talking and I take Jonathan Knowles to the video and I say, look, Jonathan Knowles talks to my friends in South Africa. He talks to my friends in South Africa. And I forget about it. 20 minutes later, I get a message on Instagram from a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, the person who ran the Autodesk conference, which I spoke at on the mm -hmm. Friday. And she says to me, hey, you know JK? I say, who's JK? She says, Jonathan Knowles. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know who he is, but yeah, he was with <laughs> us. Because, you know, Jonathan Knowles is a, is a very high up in Autodesk. He sits on the board. And so I said, oh, okay, I had no idea. Now, Jonathan Knowles, I only found this out subsequently, uh, worked with Steve Jobs for 16 years and wow. worked with Obama for four years on technology. I didn't know this at all. So anyway, so J J they, we, they chat about JK. And anyways, they say, please send Jonathan our love. We are very close with him. And he's such a great guy. Great. I go to lectures that day. I go up to him and say, hey, Jonathan, I made the video. Friends of mine in South Africa, I forgot their names. They say, hi. They're like, he says like, no way. Are those your friends? I said, yeah. They're like, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Tuesday morning, I go for the talk again. I mean, he takes us to somewhere else for Obama this time. We talk about Obama. And he says to me at the end of that Tuesday morning session, he says, is your name John Sane? He said, are you coming for an interview with us tomorrow? I said, yeah. He says, why don't you come with me in the car 
to the lectures instead of taking the bus today. I said, yeah, cool, no problem. So I jump in the car, we chat and chat and chat and chat. And he says, look, I spoke to my friends at Autodesk. They said, you did an exceptional job. I said, yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I love what I do. And I was just normal. And I, I was chatting to him like a normal guy, right? As we arrive at the lectures on Tuesday morning, I say to him, Jonathan, what do you do here? What do you actually do at Singularity? He says, I'm the head of faculty. I choose the speakers and I choose the lecturers. I was like, no way. So are you interviewing tomorrow? He said, yes. I said, oh, I can't believe it. I said, oh, awesome. Great. Um, I'll see you tomorrow morning. He said, great. I'll see you tomorrow morning. I arrived for the interview on Wednesday morning and I had a certificate waiting for me saying, there's no interview. Congratulations, your faculty. We love your enthusiasm. We want you to be part of it. Yeah. That is quite a story. Like the, the, the points that stood out for me in there was firstly, there was like the short moment. There was like what I would call a spark of possibility. You saw that moment. You saw that possibility of you standing there, being part of that group, being part of the members. And that possibility then sort of like directed your focus into, okay, what could I do next? What action could I take next? There was just that spark. And then you spotted the opportunity. And then as the story continues, I love how you were able to borrow the credibility of both sides and sort of like just be in the middle of that and be in the opportunity space. I love that. Yeah, that is such an awesome story. I never, I never heard you say that. I went through a lot of your content and that was quite a story. Yeah, no, listen, I, I know when you asked me, you weren't expecting that. And I haven't told many people that story. But I think the, the, the biggest point of that story for me yes. is having the courage mm. to step out of your comfort zone. And the courage for me was making a commitment to a 350,000 rand five-day course that I didn't have the money in. But I knew I'd get it somehow. And it was that leap of faith that the universe celebrated back to me. And I think that's the biggest thing about exploring possibilities mm -hmm. is that you'll never be gifted. You'll never be celebrated if you stay within your comfort zone. And another one that I just broke recently was going to Dubai is like my career is peaking in South Africa. I'm doing exceptionally well, but I just jumped out and said, time to go and grow somewhere else. And my first three months in Dubai, I did the same turnover as I did as the whole of the year before in South Africa. And so it just exploded just because of the courage. And so I think that's really a good point to start off with. There's like any part of exploring possibilities is about stepping up and stepping out of your comfort zone. I 100% agree. I can see that in my own life where if I didn't take, to me, it was a big risk at the point. Because the thing, the problem with that is you can't, you can't see what will happen. You have to sort of have that faith in what you think can be possible. And that's where you come in with the courage. You need to step up, be bold, take the courage and say, let's do this. And I think that can sort of like take us into the next point of what I like to think about when I like to think and talk about exponential thinking. So thinking uh, beyond your current circumstance, thinking bigger, thinking differently, change of perspective, just thinking exponential. So it's not your linear type of thinking. So I want to get into that and also a little bit of the, of the quantum world, because I think that's where a lot of this happens as well. If you can start to understand that and unpack that a little bit, we can start to make sense of it and use it to our advantage. So perhaps just to start off, for those that don't know, and perhaps you can explain this the best, what is the quantum world? How could we understand it? What does it mean? From, the from 1900 to 2000, the main doctrine around science was Newtonian science. And Newton set the tone for what science was seen like, um, categorized science, contextualized science, sci the construct of science was Newtonian science. And what Newtonian science said, 
in a fundamental way is that reality is objective. It sits outside of us and we can't have any access to it and it's just out there. What quantum science is starting to prove to us now is exactly the opposite, is that reality is subjective. It is not outside of us, it is inside of us. The dreamer of the dream creates the reality rather mm -hmm. than you, you being a victim of what's going on out there. Now, a lot of people don't want to buy into that for two reasons. One, it goes totally against everything I've been taught at school, university, society, religion, yeah. everything. It's exactly the opposite. And the second thing, it's a daunting task to take on the responsibility of you creating your reality. Because that means that you can't bitch, moan, blame, or complain about anything. Because mm. that means you are the one that you're complaining, blaming, and shaming about. And so as you take this responsibility on, you become very clear that quantum world is something that you've always been involved in. You've always been creating your reality. You've just been doing a shit job of it because you haven't taken the responsibility for it. Yeah, no, 100%. And that reminds me of the idea that we need to unlearn to relearn these new concepts, new ideas. And actually, if I think about it now, it's not even a new thing. It's just always been there. We just don't see it. We don't understand it yet. That's the only thing. So if we can well, unlearn well, all look, the old and then relearn. So it, it, look, I think, I think it's very easy to say unlearn, to relearn. It's very difficult to practice unlearn yeah. to relearn. So let me just give some tips there. Please. What I've come to realize is that it's not about unlearning or relearning. It's about changing where you make your decisions for life from. In other words, don't use logic. Don't use ego. Use emotions. Emotions it never lead you astray. If you are able to follow your highest excitement, follow your purpose, follow what shines brightest for you, you continuously are evolving and creating in the quantum world. It's when your logical mind and your ego mind gets in the way, then you start trying to analyze everything. And the point of the quantum world is, is you can't analyze it. You've just got to go with it. You've got to flow with it. You've got to allow that to take you. So you've almost got to release some power. You don't control it, but in the process of releasing that, you start trusting a different set of flow states. And so it's really about changing where you make your decisions from, from logic to emotions. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that's a key, key, key insight that we can take after this, after this discussion to think about how we can make decisions within the, within the quantum world, if you can call it that. And then, so now if we think about the exponential thinking of things, what is an, to you, what is an exponential thinker? To me, it says that you need to be able to think for yourself. So independently, I think it's what you said about the responsibility. You need to be able to take that firstly. Maybe it's thinking in more ways than one. And it also lets me think about the idea of just using your other faculties, such as just being creative as well. I don't think all of us use that every day. And perhaps something like an exponential thinker could be someone who's being able to deal with the unknown. I think it's, like, it's, it's almost like we mentioned so many of these things. But to you, what is an exponential thinker? If someone out there is thinking, how can they be one? Like, what do I need to identify with? So I want to I wanna recalibrate um, your question. The question is not about being an exponential thing. I want to utilize the same brain that has created a linear world to create an exponential one. And that's very difficult. Our brains can't even think like that. We've been linear thinkers our whole life. So what I think we need to do is we need to focus 
on our unique curiosity allowed them and build and build and build. And in its state, as it starts building, the value you start adding to the world becomes exponential. Because remember, there's a surplus of engineers, of accountants, of podcast hosts. Because why? We've all got access to the same information. So if you categorize yourself in one of those roles, it's very difficult to be exponential within one of those roles. It's very difficult. The only way you can be exponential is when you start becoming unique in the skill set and in the value you're adding to the world. And in that state, you become authentic and you become unique. And in that space, because of the internet, you now can start sharing your message and adding value that is so unique that people invite you in to want to add that value. And in that state, it becomes exponential. You see, you're trying to use your mind to say, well, how do I think exponentially? And for me, that puts too much pressure on us. What mm. we've got to do is become emotionally exponential. And truth is, look, it's about how do you stay in a state of flow? How do you stay in a state of bliss and creativity where abundance is just natural for you? And if it grows and grows and grows and the value you add to the world, boom, that then becomes exponential in itself. So for me, it's not so much about following a formula. It's about just allowing your heart to make the decisions and your excitement. And look, so the reason you're interviewing me right now is not because of the degrees I have. It's not, you're not interviewing me because I'm, a, I'm part of the surplus machine mm. of the world out there. Yeah. There are incredibly clever people out there, but what we need is wisdom. We need unique curiosity. And the world is tired of surplus because what happens when you have a surplus world is you have commoditization. And when you have commoditization, you have the lowering of what you're worth. And so in the future and in the now, to be honest, your unique factor is what counts because people want to pay for uniqueness. We can access all the information in the world around us. What we want is a unique version of what's going on. And your unique version is what will make you exponential. That's the key. That is such an amazing perspective that you have and for being able to point out these things that you just did and how you made me within this discussion think differently, uh, you know, beyond the way that I'm thinking, which is actually still linear, still like formulated and all of that, which is not in the quantum way at all. It's not in the exponential thinking. So thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for like recalibrating the, the questions and getting us to an answer that makes sense. I just really appreciate that you can do that for us. I know that uh, there's, there's this one statement that you also follow within this world and it's believing is seeing instead of seeing is believing, which is, which is part of the old model. Yeah. It's something that I've always believed yeah. and perhaps going forward, it's something that I'll start to adopt more and more and more since you need to create from this, this, this sense of knowing, this faith-based um, action taking, you know, instead of being able to say, no, only when I see that, that's when it makes sense to me. That's when it's, actually in reality because that's like such a slow way of progressing it's such a linear way of thinking to me so i just thought i'd point that out as well so look look you but but the way you you're even talking to me is as you're talking about it you're pointing to your head it's like i need i need to sit here and you keep pointing to your brain you yes. don't even know you're doing that and so in your head you're trying to see it and what i'm trying to say to you is look the formula must change to start with the end in mind what do you want to achieve and then come back to what do I need to do right now in my highest excitement, right now in my highest excitement, right now in my highest excitement, which will lead me to that ultimate 
exponential ending goal that you want. So for me, for example, I'll say to you is I want to be on stage with Simon Sinek. I want to be on stage with Robin Sharma. I want to have New York Times bestsellers. And so what I have to do is I co- in, a, in, a, in a linear world, that seems very, very, very far away yeah. because I'm sitting on a farm from Cape Town. I was <laughs> born in Swaziland. Who do I think I am going to compete against these people? But what I've got to realize is that if that is my exponential goal and I've got to work backwards, what do I have to do? One, I must become much better at writing. I must become much better at storytelling. I must become much better at marketing and branding myself so that I can get to a place where I'm seen by the right people, sharing the right message that's unique in a way like theirs is. So I've got that exponential goal out there and that intention out there. My GPS coordinates are clear, but I never really think about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I've done that. Now, what do I do that makes me most excited in the moment right now that gets me there? Yeah, thank you once again. I think it makes, it makes sense because I think I'm very within my left brain and that is what school obviously has taught us. So for me, getting out of this, it's a, it's a really a process of, of starting to use more of those sort of faculties that you are speaking about and instead of just thinking about it, thinking about it, because that's what I've done all my life. So yeah, just that's going to be our first step. So let's pivot into what you just mentioned about starting with the end in mind. So let's chat about the future thinking. And what does it mean? Because people now, let's say with this COVID-19 issue that we're having, people are thinking of the future, but now they're stockpiling their toilet paper. What, what are they doing? Because, because that's at the expense of others. Is that, is that now a future thinking in a way that's linear? And they're thinking in terms of, right, if I take so many piles of, of toilet paper, I'll be fine. And I don't know, it just feels, it feels off. It feels weird. It feels fearful to me. What do you have to say about that in the, in the context of future thinking? Because that's what, I, that's what came to mind when I thought about, right, people are thinking in the future. They are t- trying to prepare for what's coming, um, in, which is relevant now, which is a COVID-19 pandemic. And, but they, they're doing things at the expense of others. Where's the balance there? So in everything in life, you can come from either two triangles. The one triangle is called the drama triangle, and the other triangle is called the creator triangle. The drama triangle has three different, three different sides to it. You're either a victim, a perpetrator, or a savior. Hmm. In that triangle, you are always coming at things in a selfish way, and you will stockpile toilet paper. You will be in survivor mode. You will be me against the world mode. That's Mm. the world you're coming in from. The other triangle, the creator triangle has got coach, creator, and challenger in it. Mm. And the coach, creator, and challenger is exactly the opposite of the victim mindset, but in a creator mindset. And so people that are panicking, guess what? They've always been panicking. This is just an exasperation of their panic. Right. The people that are anxious about what's going on with COVID-19 have always been anxious. And so now they've just got a new reason to be anxious with. As Dr. Joe Dispenza says, is our bodies become addicted to anxiousness. Our mentality becomes addicted to victim thinking. So when you are doing panic shopping, when you do think that your money is dried up and it's never coming again, then you want to be angry with somebody like Joe, Jack Donald Trump is right now. He's angry with the Chinese. He's, he's ang- angry with everybody, but he's coming from a deep state of victim, not from a creator mindset. So for me, the future is not so much about the future. The future is about how do you decide to behave in the future? Because the future can be anything you want it to be. 
You can either feel that this COVID-19 is punishing you, or you want to be angry with somebody about it, or you think you're going to survive through it, or you're going to become a creator in it. You choose. If you want to be a creator in it, it doesn't matter what the future looks like. You're creating it as you're going along. But if you're coming from the other three and the other victim mindsets, the future is a dark place. And so your mentality, your perspective, and your understanding of neuroscience and quantum science become imperative so that you can create rather than be a victim of. So are you then saying that we can then now, understanding this, choose our triangle and then start living according to that? It's always been like this, Christopher. It's just that it's been exasperated now. That's all. Right. So we so have always been choosing the triangle. You know, it's a decision, but you can make that decision at any time. This is forcing you to make it. I love that. This is forcing you to make it. You know, it's, it's, it's a magnifying glass. That's all it is. And you know, I, you, you know where I'm sitting. I'm sitting on a farm. My life is blissful. In fact, it might even be better than it was before. But this is an exasperation of what my life was before. It's not, a, it's not like a now I've landed in this place. I was living a joyful, amazing life because I've done 15 years of self-work. I've done 15 years of ayahuasca, meditation, journaling, crying, puking, <laughs> getting rid of all sorts of emotional states that I learned as I was growing up. And so, yes, now I can choose to be in the triangle of a creator because I've done the work and because I've taken the responsibility. And that's why I'm on this podcast with you. Otherwise, I wouldn't be. Why would I be? Yeah, makes sense. You also say that the perspective we have on the future determines how we prepare for it. So, I don't know. That's, Jeez, you have been studying my work, huh? I, 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 need <laughs> no, to, exactly I need to, what I, say. I need to study that yeah. just to be, uh, you know, one in conversation. But yeah. I think that is, that is true for many, but not all as other things in life. I just want you to, to elaborate on that quickly as we get towards the end of our conversation, just to leave someone. Why, why, let me ask you, why is it not, um, uh, relevant for everybody? No, you I, just said it's not relevant for all. No, what I'm, what I mean is it's not true for everyone. So not everyone is living that. That's what I mean. Oh, 90% of the human population aren't living yeah. that. Because 90% of the population are addicted to anxiousness and worry. 90% of the people around the world are stuck in their amygdala and their reptilian brain mm. of anxiousness, of fright to flight. And so what that is, is you showing that you have a low level of consciousness. If you are becoming a creator, it means that you've done the work to elevate your consciousness so that your perspective is looking for opportunities, not danger. And Christopher, I've got to be honest with you. I work at this daily, you know, it's a daily practice. I meditate two hours a day. I journal every day. I run every day. I'm also an advocate of plant-based diets because as much as people are very worried about letting go of eating meat and animals, please remember that you don't like hanging around with somebody when they don't have a good vibe. Now you're putting in your body fear-based, anxious meat that is ingesting into yourself anxiousness and fear. So it's not about, you know, I love animals. I do it because of the animals. But now that I've stopped eating animals, I've realized the ability for me to have a clean perspective and a, 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 an abundant perspective because I'm not ingesting fear and anxiousness. So we've got to look at it as a physical way, an emotional way, a mental way, and a spiritual way. And each one of those pockets, what are you doing on a daily process to be able to tune yourself to a creative and a victim one? And you know, if I stop meditating and I start eating KFC again and I start, I'll go straight back. I'll go straight back to where I was because what you're putting into your system is how you've been uh, programmed. And so if your programming is broken and every day you're seeing the same crap and you're eating the same crap and you're engaging with the same idiots, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's obvious. 
It's like a computer program. You put this in, this comes out. So put something else in and then something else will come out. Absolutely love that. So guys, I know that you might be feeling fearful at this point if you hear about all these things, or you might be inspired. I think whatever you feel is, you know, it's, it's going to magnify who you are at your core at the end of the day. And John, I know you, I heard you say during one of your interviews that you want to release a book a year. That is like such yes. an ambitious goal, but I love it. Like it, it, that pulls me even towards you. Like I'm like, I'm drawn to that idea of this is insane, but cool. Let's see. You know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious. I want to see that happen and I want to be inspired. Now, uh, what's, what's next in the pipeline? Just tell us a little bit more about what's coming. <laughs> well, it's a good topic because I've just had to scrap the book. I was halfway through called The Evolution of Value because it's become irrelevant since Corona has arrived. <laughs> so I'm now starting a new book called From the Future. Oh, actually, no, it's called From the Intelligent Future. And what I'm doing is I'm talking from 2045 backwards. And I'm saying, look, I'm going to tell you a story about how Earth changed in the most positive way. In fact, the, the payoff line is intoxicated with positivity to try and figure out what story do we want to be telling ourselves in 2045 and how this changed our reality. So I've just started writing a new book. So I've, I've kept track of that. I've written three books in the last three years. And today, I mean, this year, I was going to bring out my fifth book, fourth book, but um, I've had to rewrite it and restart from scratch. So it'll be later in the year. So right now I'm writing a book called From the Intelligent Future, Intoxicated with Positivity. And I've just really begun it. So I'm in the beginning stages of it, sitting here in a farm, writing a book about the future that I want to live in. That sounds really exciting. It's, to me, it sounds like now I'm applying these triangles on you. And when that happened, when you spent four months on that book, you could have said, wow, I'm a victim to what's happening outside. Or cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept this. I'm going to move on. I'm going to just you know, absorb whatever's happening here and then decide what's next. And you started going into the triangle of creator and you're creating this new book. So it's amazing. Christopher, are you, are you a runner? Do you run? I, I you train? actually, I was, let me, let me tell you this. It's a, it's a cool story. I was never a runner in school. I was a sprinter. I did the hundred meters, 200, 400. So I mm. then at that point had the identity of being the short sprinter, the sh short distance sprinter. Yeah. And then I Distance. said to myself in my mind, I'll never be able to run far. I hated the 1.2 kilometers. And then last year at yeah. some point in 2019, I said to myself, I can't run fun. And I caught myself saying that. And as soon as I did that, I'm in this new yeah. space where I tried to challenge myself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do a marathon. Good. It was so scary, yeah. but that idea pulled me forward. Six months after that, I ran my first marathon last year. This year, I've done another one as well. Perfect. I was looking, I was actually signed up for the, uh, the two oceans. And then obviously that got canceled. Yeah. So on that note, I yeah. am now officially long distance run. Well, congratulations <laughs> for breaking through that mental state that you created for yourself. Thanks. But if you think about why a runner uh, can make a marathon happen, it's about fitness. And fitness when as, as a runner is about how quickly can you bring your breath down to the normal breathing state while you're moving, right? How can you have a conversation while you're running? And that's the state of fitness that you want to have. Now, people that are not able to bring themselves into a creator mindset are the ones that ran out of breath and don't know how to catch their breath again. They unfit emotionally. And that's what's happened. It's quite simple. You're just unfit. You need to become fitter. And how do you become fit for a race? Train. How often? Every day. And so then emotionally, you must be doing the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. So for me, how quickly did I stay in panic mode when I got three emails after each other in Amsterdam three weeks ago telling me that all my conferences had been canceled? I stayed in that panic mode 
to be honest with you, for about 24 hours. And then everything switched. I started making decisions. Now you can stay in that panic mode for three weeks because you're not fit. But because of my emotional work, I've now been able to understand that how quickly can you give yourself the space to panic and then snap out of it. It's not about ignoring it. It's just about being able to snap out of it and become aware of it. Absolutely love the way that you're able to be transitioned so quickly into the next thought, into the next decision. That's amazing. And also love that you mentioned Joe Dispenza because I absolutely love his work. Like, are we living based on the memories of our past or are we living, you know, with the vision of our future? And Based on the vision of the future. Based on the vision yeah. of our future. So, I mean, you've got to choose, man. You've got to choose and then decide. But now, finally, I want to wrap this all up. I want to bring it to what I call the three impact questions. It's just three questions that I'm going to ask you. It's short, so let's go short as possible answer, if that's possible. It sometimes is not. We have okay. people going along, but it's just so we can sort of summarize what's ha- what we've been talking about and give people something to go do after this discussion. So the first one is, what is one small action that we can take after this discussion to 10x our thinking? Well, I don't know if it's about 10x your thinking, you see. I think it's about how do you become more you than ever before? Don't put the pressure of 10x on yourself. So how, what do you do straight after this? Build a set of rituals based on who you want to be, not who you were. Say that again. So who do, you, who do you want to be and then build a set of rituals that become habits, that become behaviors, that become you and who you want to be rather than who you were? So I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to be able to take my shirt off at any time at 44. I'm, I want to have, no, I'm not kidding. As a guy, what do you want? Do you want to have a six pack? You want to be able to get up on stage at any time. You want to look and feel your best. You want to be in the best physical, mental, and emotional state possible. That's who I want to be, what I have to do on a daily basis. Once I make the decision of who I want to be, waking up at five o'clock and meditating is not a question. I don't need motivation for it. I'm disciplined to do it. What I do straight after that, go for a run. Why? Because that's I've decided who I want to be. If I haven't decided who I want to be, then I can't set a set of rituals that are in line with that. So what you should do straight after this is write a list of who you want to be and then build a set of rituals. Love that. So I just amended my second question and it now says, what is the one thing we can stop doing that is limiting our ability to live exponentially? Yeah, stop being who you were. Start being who you want to be. Let go of who you were because who you were is just a set of stories. It's just a set of beliefs and stories that you've built along the way. And you know what? The thing about memories is that 50% of them are false. Now, how do you decide which 50% are false? I can tell you which ones are false. The ones that make you anxious, the ones that make you excited are real and make all of them make excited. So you can change your memories. So stop blaming your past, start thanking your past and start using it to something that excites you. It's like I come from a single mom family. My father bless him, just wasn't a great father. He just didn't know how. He didn't have the tools. And for the longest time, I resented and hated him. Now, I thank him. And now I'm empathetic to him. Now I'm connected with him on social media after not speaking to him for years because, you know, he's just another guy. He was doing his best. But as long as I was blaming him, I was never energized by it. Yeah, I love that. Tony Robbins also says that if you blame, blame intelligently. So that's that's sort of what you did there. That's amazing. Yeah, moving from unconscious memories to conscious memories. That's awesome. And then last question, what is one character trait that we can adopt from people who live exponentially? Like what is that trait that those people have? Uniqueness. Be unique. Don't be scared. Be unique. And guess what? Some people will hate you and some people will love you. That's okay. 
Some people love me and some people hate me. That's okay. I, you know, Seth Godin said it best. He said, if you don't like my work, it just means it's not for you. That's all. Yeah. It just means it's not for you. And, you know, I also don't like other people's work out there. But you know what I do? is I don't like it, my answer is, that's not for me. That's that, that teaching, that way of thinking is for somebody else. It's just not for me. So I don't waste any time hating that person. I'm like, okay, there's somebody out there that needs to hear what you have to say. So that's great. Love it. It's not for me. Love it, love it, love it. So now where can, be, where can people get hold of you if they want to learn more, get in touch, or perhaps you know, get coached or get part of your community? How, how can we get there? How can we interact, engage? So look, uh, there's seven and a half billion people in the world. I am the only John Sane. I have no <laughs> idea how lucky I got. That is cool. Uh, there is no other John Sane. I've searched. That is so cool. So John Sane, J-O-H-N-S-A-N-E-I, um, all my stuff's online. I also have something called Future Self Academy, where you can go do my first book as a course for free, um, where we turn best nonfiction books into best courses. And also I have a podcast called The Expansive, which has become a brain trust, which we're doing a lot of interviews, a lot of discussions around what to do in a state of panic that we're in right now, and how do we shift that panic into opportunities and become as expansive as possible. So Google is your best friend to find me. I love that. So you've even got uniqueness in your life. It's always been there. <laughs> you don't even have to work at it. It's always been there. <laughs> so now closing Lucky question. Lucky me. Lucky, <laughs> Lucky me. you. Uh, yeah. Closing question. In what way would you like to inspire or empower or motivate the world? The best thing any of us can do is be the best version of ourselves. When we access our own genius, magic happens and we can impact more people than we ever thought we could. So connect with who you are quicker, faster, better, so that you can start accessing the world and adding greatness to the fabric of human society as soon as possible. That is absolutely beautiful. So go and be the best version of yourselves, guys. I hope you enjoy that, uh, John. Thank you so much. I know we didn't cover all of your any of your books, but thank you for teaching us how to find shots. Thank you for teaching us yeah. how to magnetize and how to use foresight to be more creative and cultivate wisdom. Thank you so much for just leading awesome. us into the future teaching us how to live exponentially and teaching us about the psychology of the future and so much more. Thank you so much for that. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And there we go. That is a wrap for this episode. I, I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation between myself and John and that you can see that he really combines all the aspects of human psychology, business strategy, and also future studies that provides this unique and holistic approach to achieving future readiness. I hope that you... You, you walk away today learning something new, taking something with you today and just applying that in your own life so you can get a little bit better and then come back next week and discuss the next, the next topic. As I said in the start of this episode, we have a community on Facebook called The Hive Mind and I'd love you to join us there and take the discussion further and commit to your self-development journey. Commit to your growth. That is why we're on this planet. That is why we are here. That is what we need to do as human beings. So commit to that, join me and let me know how this episode went. Send me a screenshot on Instagram or email me at infoexploringpossibility.co.za and let's take it from there. You know, we can impact so many more lives when we, when we share this content with other people, when we discuss it with other people and then most importantly, if we can take these lessons and apply it in our own lives so we become a little bit better and we impact and empower and inspire a little bit more each day. So guys, that's it for today. I'll see you guys in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. And don't forget, don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility. Cheers, guys.